now that you say that, I'm going to be worried on this. <laughs> if he has sunglasses, I'll be like, take your sunglasses off. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, take your sunglasses off. Look me in the eyes and tell me we're going to be okay. <laughs> Shannon and Kristen, and we're better known as the Vogel Twins. Yay! Ah, today is such a special episode. Yes. I am so excited because we are going to be interviewing a captain. I know. I'm so <laughs> excited about this. But what's even cooler is that we're going to be experiencing this yes. ourselves. So I'm going to get into it. But first, I want to introduce you to the captain. His name is Garth, and he's been sailing the French since 1998, first as the mate and now as a captain slash owner. He has sailed huge square-ridged vessels, modern-day yachts, schooners, and commercial fishing vessels. Signing on to work on the French, he quickly realized that Maine was the ultimate in traditional boat sailing, combining beautiful scenery and good winds with the protection of countless islands. As a crew on the French, he fell in love with the boat and the Maine coast and worked his way up the ranks to each to reach his dream of being an owner and captain of a windjammer. In the winters, maintenance on the French takes first priority, but he can also be found working at local shipyards and sometimes sneaks a sail or two down the Caribbean, but not with the French. <laughs> Garth, thank you so much for being on. I guess I can't wait to get into your history and your story. Thank I know. You so much. And to meet you in person. <laughs> I know, right before we're going on the trip. So this makes me like excited to be really? like, oh, we're going to the captain. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No, I'm excited to uh, tell you guys about it yeah i know i'm just i'm so pumped to meet you because like you're gonna be one of the only guests that we interview that we're gonna actually meet in person <laughs> yeah because we have a lot of guests that were like you know all over the world so it's like really nice that we like get to really like experience this you know? yes and interview you on what you do for a living which i think is so fascinating but before i get ahead of myself let's get down to the beginning let's yes. like let's do that as when we were researching you i actually found out that you learned to sail by racing beetle cats <laughs> It's the Nantucket sound of Cape Cod, which I think is like, you're going to have to explain what that is. <laughs> but <Right>. you, yeah, <laughs> you've been messing around in boats like ever since. And all the different jobs have taken you, like I mentioned, to the Caribbean, to the Canadian Maritimes, to the Great Lakes and along the Pacific. Can you explain all of this amazing history that, that is your career? Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, I know that now that you say that, that term beetle cat does sound a little weird, doesn't it? But that is a type of... <laughs> Yeah. That's a type of boat, uh, like a little thing, a little 12 foot boat that uh, for many years I uh, grew up in Cape Cod sailing and that was the boat mm -hmm. that they taught kids to sail on. They were a oh. single mast with a one big sail. They don't use that boat anymore because it, it was a wooden boat and it's a lot of maintenance and uh, it's a little bit troublesome to sail. So now they use a more most places that teach kids how to sail use a more modern fiberglass boat. Um, but that's what I grew up sailing on. Uh, and also I had family members that sailed. My grandfather actually retired onto a sailboat, him and my grandmother. Uh, although they had never really sailed, that was their dream. And they fulfilled that <laughs> oh, when they wow. retired and lived aboard for about 10 years. And all the grandkids got to go out with them on sails. They would take it down to the Keys and uh, uh, the Bahamas and then sail back up. And the grandkids got to do little legs of the journey. Uh, so that was a huge, uh, I guess, influence on me. I also have, uh, I have a couple of brothers. Yes. One of my brothers also was a captain, uh, and sails boats around, so uh, the cool. Atlantic and Pacific ocean. So, uh, yeah. we, we loved it. And, um, yeah. 
Eventually, I uh, got a job working down in the Caribbean in the Bahamas. And mm. a boat life is you just sort of jump from one boat to the other. And that's part of the, the, gr- the great attraction of it is it's sort of this nomadic life. And that's been the way for hundreds of years, right? And you get to go see places you'd never get to see and mm-hmm. um, experience things you'd never get to really do other than on a boat. Mm-hmm. So for a number of years in my early 20s, I just jumped around the oceans on different so boats, cool. uh, <laughs> which sounds really romantic and it does. Uh, it's so not talking, but <laughs> two people who love travel so for me like you're convincing me i was like should my like life have been as a captain mm. <laughs> should i have been pursuing sailing like that just sounds so I, I actually just want to pause for a second i love the fact that your grandparents after all those years like even later in life decided to sail like yeah. i think that's such an amazing thing and mm-hmm. a gift that they've given your whole family like I can't imagine like for me thinking about like visiting grandma's house is like let's go on the sailboat like that is so cool like yeah. I love that but sorry you were saying I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt no 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 in, in, anytime the yeah that is really amazing that they did that and of mm-hmm. course that made them just legends in our eyes all the you know oh, God, all the 100%. grandkids that suddenly they were on a boat they were very active people and um and it was a special time because you got to spend that time on the boat Mm-hmm. just with them like you and you had a little yeah. bunk you know like tucked into a little <laughs> corner and yeah. it was just i i loved it um mm-hmm. obviously and then chose to to keep pursuing it so oh about being on the boats of course it's work right so you are working as you're yeah. traveling and if you're in the That's charter true. business so you're taking other people that are enjoying Mm. the place but you are you know the backbone of the whole thing so you pull into this gorgeous port and it's like oh all the passengers are going ashore to go to this beach why don't you stay behind and paint the <laughs> you know not That's always not always point. but there's yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a give and take when it's a, your job um <laughs> yeah, versus just that. cruising so yeah that is true. But it's so fun that you do that, though, that you're able to like, get, bring people joy in that sense. Like you kind of grew up like learning the like the ropes in a way, yeah. you know what I mean? And then like making it your career. Like, I think that's just really interesting to me because yeah. it's like for for us, like thinking about my upbringing, it's like like that's such an interesting, like unconventional way to like live life. And But the coolest thing, that's why yeah. I'm so fascinated and so excited to have you on, because I'm just like, how does one become a captain? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that is just so interesting. You don't just apply and get a job like you made it your life work, you know, yeah, like, like I feel like it is like a sort of like you grow into it, learning by like yeah. being on boats and like, you know, constantly going to the next one to the next one. So it's so fascinating to see that, like this sort of growth into that. Yeah. Sort of and also path. the reality of like, like you said, it's not like you cruise and then you join everybody on like the beach. <laughs> <laughs> like you can you, we all pay our dues. You yeah. Know? Which is yeah. reality, you know, which yeah. I, I appreciate your honesty on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you work your way up and you do different boats and you'd see different things mm-hmm. and you go to different parts of the country and um <sighs> slowly you know work jumping around i finally ended mm-hmm. up up here in maine on one of the a schooner called the lewis r french mm-hmm. and then i could see that's when i was maybe in my middle to late 20s and i could say mm-hmm. oh now here's a i saw the owner of the lewis r french i said here's a guy that mm-hmm. owns this boat he lives in town. He has a wife and kids. He's raising them oh. fairly oh, in a yeah. fairly normal community way mm-hmm. versus a lot of the other captains were 
they had family maybe at home in North Carolina, but they were in the Caribbean running a boat. And that didn't appeal to me too much. I loved the fact that you're, I live in Camden, Maine. The boat's in Camden, Maine, mm-hmm. five minutes away. My kids can walk mm-hmm. down there and be on the yeah. dock with me. That part of it was really appealing mm-hmm. to me. I guess I had a little more of a nesting <laughs> instinct in a way. Yes. No, totally. So, yeah, totally. I love that. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's so sweet that you, I feel like the tradition keeps going with you. Now your kids are going to experience, like yeah. they get to experience that side of life, which is so cool like <laughs> imagine like going to school and like all of a sudden like you know bring your dad to work day like you know what I mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> like my dad's a captain <laughs> like, that is so cool but yeah. I love the fact that you acknowledge like certain different lifestyles of the sailing because yeah. that's something I also kind of wanted to bring up is like because you are obviously a dad and I think that's so interesting that 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 in Maine it's obviously a bit more or the ship that you have anyway it's obviously more doable to have like a family life which is mm-hmm. That's so sweet. I'm glad I was able to like find that balance. You know what I mean? Because I feel like that is definitely something like if you're going into a certain job, understanding like, hey, like what are the things that like, you know, I want to value or the things that, you know, that I like, you know, I can't, you know, compromise like moving forward. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the fact that you're able to still be a captain, do what you love, but also have the family by having this sort of balance and finding that is like really great. Yeah. And I think for us, like we're nomadic souls like yourself, you know, but I also really value family. So it's like this, this interesting, like, I don't know. I don't want to say fighting with myself. It's like, I want to see the world, but I want to bring my family too, like one yeah. day. Like, I don't want to just be by myself doing these things. Like, yeah. I want to share the world with my yeah. kids. I think it's great that you're sharing a little bit of more of Maine with yours. Like, I love that. Like, know, that's, that's just cute. so cool. I know. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where after you've tra- done that and been really nomadic. I mean, when I was in my early 20s, mm-hmm. I was really nomadic. That's pre-cell phones mm-hmm. and just a bag and being away yeah. for a long time. Uh, and then not really having any place to come back to, uh, where mm-hmm. you, you know, we, you, it would not be worth it to keep an apartment or anything. So you were really, yeah. you know, your car, if you had one was really your only mm-hmm. home base. And so after doing that, sort of like you meet kids that like walked the Appalachian trail when they're done with that, they're like, I don't mm-hmm. want to hike anymore. I want to be, <laughs> you know, so, so I, want a, I, want a, I want a roof. I want a roof. You know, I want a couch. Yeah. So it, you kind of get that. Yeah. Some people get that, um, yeah. that mm. feeling. And I definitely got that. I was like, all right, that was really great. But I need to, if I, this is going to be my career, I need to normalize mm-hmm. this a little more for, for me. I can't just mm-hmm. bounce around. Although I know people that have done that uh, for years, that's their life. They just continue mm-hmm. to just go. And you're like, wow, you were just in the coolest place for the last six months. Yeah. But it wasn't, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when I got to Maine, I was like, oh, I see. I can see this. I can see a career now that really mm-hmm. dovetails with how I want to be and, you know, kind of my, where I, what, what I wanted to do with, with my life. So I was lucky yeah. in that way because I could have missed it. You yes. know, I could have not taken a job in Maine and gone mm-hmm. someplace else. And, you know, those little choices yeah. you make. Oh, I love that. I love that. We, we talked about that in our last episode, like the decisions and the people you make while traveling, you know, it was like yeah. all meant to be in a sense, you know, like mm-hmm. that was one of our arching messages in an episode. And I, I, the thing I really love is that you mentioned that in your 20s, you were super nomadic and like bounced around. That's something that we talk about all the time yeah. where we're like, 
I would love to travel also to find like my home base in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. it's like experience all these things and then realize like, this is actually where I want to settle. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think that's so cool. You had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say get out of your system. Cause I hate when people say that with traveling, They're like, <laughs> mm. Oh, just get out of your system. It's like, yeah. it'll never get out of my system. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's just, you appreciate it differently. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's how I prefer yeah. to phrase it. But I think that's so cool that you did that. Honestly, I know. Like, I, think I think it's, it's amazing. so important. Yeah. And actually I also wanted to highlight something on the boat is that something that's really cool is that it just turned, I think it was like 150 this year, right? Is that true? Yes, actually, year. it officially turns 150 uh, at the end of April. That's like when they oh, launched it. We actually close. know the date. So it's 150 years old uh, at the end of April. And oh, that's amazing. She, <gasps> we think she's the oldest commercial sailing vessel in the United States. Um, mm-hmm. And she's the last surviving main built schooner from the 1800s. So she's out of thousands, there were thousands of them built, thousands to carry cargo. And she's the only, oh she's the last one that survived. Yeah. Wow. I know we've been enjoying your social because we've been posting like really awesome, like history stuff on social media. Then we've been enjoying reading that because it gets us excited to get onto this boat. <laughs> you know? But actually I wanted for, <laughs> I'm pumped. Yeah. <laughs> I love history. Yeah, me too. I know. And I was actually curious, could you, for people who don't know the wind jam or anything like that, could you give us a bit of history of that boat? Sure. To uh, get a little she's... bit more excited. Absolutely. She's nicknamed, I'm uh, not nicknamed, named Louis R. French. <laughs> she was built, uh, like we said, 150 years ago in Maine, in mm-hmm. a little town called South Bristol. And she was built by the French family. They were just um, the French, three French brothers built her and named her after mm-hmm. uh, her, their dad, who was alive uh, and owned a little yeah. store in town. And they, she was built as just a cargo schooner. So it just carried general mm-hmm. cargo around the coast of Maine, New England, Canada. And they were super mm-hmm. common. There were thousands of these boats that did the commerce uh of the main coast and the New England coast. It was just, that was the way that cargo got moved around. And so she's kind of the equivalent of say, like an 18 wheeler now. And so <laughs> they yeah, would move yeah, whatever yeah. they could, bricks, they would move lumber, they would move granite, they would move fish, they would, uh, whatever needed to be transported around. Mm-hmm. And it did that for about 50 years. And then um, in the 1920s, they took out the mass and they put an engine in her. And she carried cargo uh, for another 50 years. And they did that because the hull was still good, but the sail was getting too slow and the world was speeding up and engines were becoming more uh, reliable and safer. And uh, she did that for 50 years. And then this, uh, the windjammer trade, which is a charter sailing trade up in Maine, was starting to get more popular. And a guy bought her in the early 1970s, realizing after researching her that she was an old schooner hull uh, and uh, rebuilt her into a passenger vessel. So they took the cargo hold and made cabins out of it and added a big galley where everyone could sit and eat and put the mast back in and rebuilt the whole boat, meaning replaced a ton of wood in there to make it up to Coast Guard standards. And so since the 1970s, she's been running passenger trips. Uh, and I've had her since 2004, uh, doing the same thing. So I run her out of Camden. She ran out of Rockland, but we just go mm-hmm. around the islands, anchor each night, hike, serve great food, mm-hmm. and just sort of experience the main coast from what we call the correct side, which is the water side of the main coast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love so, that is so cool. I'm- 
I'm sorry. I was actually curious. As a captain, are you like, so, like, I'm just impressed you're remembering all this history. <laughs> are you like, do you have to like know the history of these boats, like in order to yeah. be a captain? Like, do you go through like a test to be like, you need to know X, Y, and Z about your boat? You know? Uh, that's, you know, it's an ongoing thing with that. And we've actually, uh, I'm sh- the, the Lewis R. French is a really historical vessel and it's a big part of what we do mm-hmm. and the draw of the mm-hmm. boat. So she has a, a long, long history with, in that we keep uncovering more stuff, like newspaper articles get digitized and they show, you know, people send them yeah. to me. And uh, there's better ways to research now with the internet and finding old pictures. Hmm. So uh, some of that stuff you were mentioning on social media, that's new to me this year. Like some historical society mm-hmm. sent me a, a picture, uh, newspaper articles from the newspaper from their town talking about the Lewis R. French, like surviving a storm. I never knew that story. And so that then leads us to, Oh, that's the name of the captain. That's the port she was running out of right then. Let's see if we can find some more stuff. So, um, that's an interest to me. Just like, it's so neat to think that this boat 150 years ago was sailing the same waters and doing, you know, kind of the same thing that we're doing, except for our cargo is, you know, talkative more talkative human. than the, the human. <laughs> yeah. right they eat more they're, cool. eats more. they're human so. <laughs> you definitely will it's so true but i'm actually you know what i'm really surprised by which is kind of interesting i don't know correct me if i'm wrong i feel like there's like a lot of like boat myths or something or maybe yeah. superstitions yeah. i don't i'm unsure but like i like the name never changed like no one ever like oh i don't want to name her Louis. like is that like a something that's superstitious for people like you know sailing or there anything like that or? a lot like you said, there are like some crazy superstitions uh, with the nautical yeah. world and changing the name of the <laughs> yeah. boat is supposedly bad luck. Although there's this like strange thing you can do to maybe make it stop. And most boats have changed names, certainly ones that are that old. But the Lewis R. French never did. It just yeah. continued with that old salty name. You know, it's entire life. No one changed it to, you know, the flying sea cloud or anything. It just stayed Lewis on French the whole time, which helps us, helps us track it because it's such an original, you know, no other boat is named the Lewis R. French. So, um, yeah, that way we, it really helps us follow And people, you know, we had a guy come sailing with us that, um, he lived in the town that the Lewis R. French ran out of when it was a motorboat, but it's hardly recognizable. If you've seen any of the pictures without the mass mm-hmm. and everything, you, mm-hmm. and so he was like unsure that it was the same boat, but then he thought, how many boats could be named Lewis R. French? There just can't be. And he dove into it and realized, oh, that's the same boat when I was in high school that I used to load the cargo. That was my job. And now I can, and he came out with us. He's like coming out this year also. And oh. It's like, yeah, it's like stories like that are just the fact Mm. that the boat's tied to the main coast like that is so neat for me because you just Mm -hmm. meet people and the boat has a little, a little history, a little following around the coast. Yeah. yeah. And it's nice that people are reaching out to you and like you're on like discovering this as years keep going. I yeah. find that so interesting that people are just like, they're just emailing you like I have this article about your boat. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I've gotten that like, emails that so say cool. we just, you know, cleaned out my grandmother's attic. And I think there's a photo of the Louis R. French in there. 
And it's just like that sort of stuff is great. And the internet, of course, has made that so much easier because I I still am friends with the old, the captains that had in the seventies and eighties. And there, that was legwork. They had to go down and search through Mm. national archive uh, documents (laughs) and things that, you know, I just emailed them. Hey, got anything, (laughs) you know, new, but they actually had to search through it. So yeah, I feel like you guys would have like your own like Reddit thread of like people discovering like where are we gonna find the Louis our friend. Oh, That's man. a good idea, Kristen. Yeah, see, yeah. That. I feel like you would really find more. As you might people guess, are, you know, crazy schooner captains are not that technologically savvy. So the. Uh, <laughs> That's beyond my realm. Reddit's beyond my realm. Well, that's nice, though. Yes. No, it's good, though, because what I really love about, which we're going to probably get into later, is that a really big thing about this whole excursion that we're going on with you is something that's really important is unplugging. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think that's a good thing, though, that, like, you know, you're not crazy tech savvy. It's a good excuse not to be on it. The, the, the internet can be toxic, so don't worry. You're not missing out on much. <laughs> yeah, not really. Except for just, Except, like, when you find the thing. Yeah, like, I, those are great. Yeah, or making a Reddit thread, like she said. Yeah. <laughs> I might do it after this to that guy. Guys, we can find more clues about yes. the Lewis yeah. R. Friends. You help me. Yeah. Help me do I it. Will. Help so me do cool. it. I will. Yeah. Well, oh my God, that'd be so cool. Yeah. I would love I, I don't even have a Reddit account. Like I, I but I will make one after this and we were gonna find more documents. Because <laughs> I'm just as curious. <laughs> Great. Well, actually speaking of Speaking of original documents, um, something that I think is so cool is that you guys also shared an original one back in 1871 showing her ownership and where she was home ported, which you did mention. With this, have you been able to like follow her history because of this? Like you've like kind of discovered more, you know, like, because, you know, yeah. Like what else? Like, I guess, like, cause I know we kind of discovered, which is funny because I did read that on, I think your Twitter where they had like that storm, which I thought was really cool that you guys found that article. Is there any other articles that you found like since then that you were like surprised by like anyone jump off the boat and there was like an article about it no <laughs> you just never know <laughs> any crazy things you just never know i yeah. can't imagine that article was great that came to us from a historical yeah. society and uh, mm-hmm. so with the document every year we document the boat with the federal government and sort of like a license mm. plate thing uh and the boat has been documented every year since 1871 so we can follow Mm -hmm. what who owned her and what her home port was except for they lost all the documents from like 1900 or about Mm -hmm. 1908 to 1930 so we're not totally clear about that exact who owned her right then and there Mm -hmm. but we have some clues from again newspaper articles and there were mm-hmm. actually people uh, that still remembered her um, who have since passed, but say in 1970s mm-hmm. and 80s, who said, oh, no, you know, she used to be on the dock down in Brooksville and she used to load bricks. Oh, so that was all written down by the previous owners, which was great. But the, uh, the okay. new, wow, those sort of things, the newspaper articles almost always will center around one of two things. One is just sort of a kind of a boring, oh, this boat arrived with 85 barrels of flower which is interesting <laughs> yeah. to me but maybe doesn't read that exciting. Yeah, yeah. and then the other one is of course <laughs> disasters all right all sea stories are they only make the news if there's something you know happens so it's like yeah. that one that you read where the boat almost sank and mm-hmm. i think that one was yeah they said they almost lost the cargo but then they were able to bring it in so most of them are like yeah. that um uh, that sort of situation where it almost, and it's always, of course, because mm-hmm. the boat survived. It's on the French. It's almost, she almost went up on the rocks yes. and then she survived. <laughs> like just so, made it. Right. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> See, those stories are interesting, though. You always like a cliffhanger, you know? You're like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going to happen? Yeah. Have you ever had to deal with, like, really bad storms? Like, what do you, what, what happens? I don't even know. Yeah, good point. How yeah. do you navigate that? So, for us, with what we do um, is that, you know, we're taking passengers out on these trips. So, to get mm. – when we're – you know, really bad storm is coming, we'll anchor in some cove and really – Get, be safe mm-hmm. and be protected in that cove and put down a couple of anchors and, and spend the day hanging mm-hmm. out in the galley and, you know, playing Scrabble and just listen to the rain on the deck. <laughs> so Scrabble. we don't get stuck in it sailing uh, as much mm, okay. as if you're, say, sailing out of the, we're not out in the ocean, we're coastwise. So if you're on the ocean, yeah. you have no place to run. So those situations are when you get stuck <laughs> yeah. in a storm for 24 hours yeah. or 48 hours. And, um, oh those are terrifying, and to be st- on the ocean in a gonna storm say, is. Has, has it happened to you? Because you you said you were kind of like going back to your nomadic years in your early twenties, like you know sailing all around. Like, has those incidences ever happened to you? Have you ever had like kind of like those close calls? Yes, calls? Yes. Yeah, like a cliffhanger moment. Yep. Oh, they're <gasps> Can you share? Out the- <laughs> it's too frightening. It's too frightening. I can't relive it. I know. Um, <laughs> it's emotional. <laughs> no, it seems like a long time ago now. But the yeah, if you do yeah. stuff out on the ocean, you're gonna. Get Get caught in storms and you're going to wonder oh, why so you chose to be out there at that moment. It's, it, it's, it can be terrifying and terrible and it's super uncomfortable. And there's, it's just mm-hmm. one of those situations in life where there's nothing you can do to make it stop and you just have to continue mm-hmm. through it. It's not like you can just quit. Mm-hmm. You can't quit it. You're out there in yeah. it. And um, yeah, there are times mm-hmm. when I would have thought that this boat might not make it through only a few, wow. but yeah. And, okay. um, you know, that's what, again, I was, when we do stuff, where when, was it? So I can avoid it. <laughs> where, were little, where were you? So I can avoid that little, little place called the Atlantic ocean. You might want to stay off away from there. That's <laughs> a little bit there. Don't, Just a little place. Never heard of it. Don't lose sight of land. No idea. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that is that's the, key the key of the story. Do not lose sight. I cannot I mean, imagine. That's petrifying, but honestly, kind of a, a not a life lesson I'd like to be a part of. But also, it is a good life lesson to be like persevering and like you can't stop or quit because it's you're like life and death is on the line. Really, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like you must have like a really calm personality because I feel like you're like well. I need to push through. You know what I mean? I feel like that kind of helps you. I don't know. That would help me. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'd be anxious. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, you sort of emulate the captains that you worked for and the ones you liked, right? So the ones mm. that yeah. I always, of course, you like the calm captain that's just standing back there pretending that yeah. everything, not pretending. And actually, now I know now it's just pretending, <laughs> pretending but yeah. um, that everything yeah. is calm. And the ones that were anxious, that would just go through the boat really fast and all the crew would take on that personality. So, you know, mm-hmm. you try to, yeah. but it, it's not a predictable environment. So things happen that, mm. um, you know, you you can't uh, you can't think know what's going to happen to you out there. So you just have to react mm-hmm. to it. But I try to keep my sunglasses nice. on so people can't see my eyes and just press on. <laughs> Well, now that you say that, I'm going to be worried on that. <laughs> if he has sunglasses I'll be like, take your sunglasses off. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, take your sunglasses off. Look me in the eyes and tell me we're going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
I can't wait to air this. People are like, did they survive? <laughs> I think we're going in like a very good way. I think we're going to be fine. We're not going to be going out too far from what I gather. No, yeah. honestly, the, no, with what we do on the French, those situations just don't arise. Yeah. I mean, you'll see when you go out there, but yeah. we're among the islands. There's always places to duck in. Um, could it rain mm-hmm. on us or something like that? Yeah, but we're not going to be in like yeah. 20. N- n- it's hardly any sea at all. It's almost like sailing around in a huge lake mm. where we stay in. Oh. So that's okay. Nice. Yeah. There's a, it's a, that's one of the things that we, why we do it here is that it's so protected by the outer mm-hmm. layer of islands that we don't mm-hmm. experience that sea that like, causes people to feel sick and uncomfortable. It's really, mm, it's the perfect place to do okay. it. And then there's still, luckily for us in Maine, there's still lots of islands where we could just choose to anchor and go ashore and it's on public mm. land and it's, uh, it's great. It's a, if you haven't been here and you guys said you haven't been up here before, it's a, people are really surprised yeah. at how, um, uh, how open it is and how few people there are and how many choices we have. And I say, Oh, we might anchor there, mm-hmm. yeah. that Island. We might anchor at that Island. And they say, you can just do that. So yeah, yeah, we can still just do that. <laughs> that's true. It's like, um, just like, why not? I like that no. spontaneity though. I think that's, what's really cool. Cause when I was, I remember, cause we've obviously talked at, like before, like obviously recording. And I, I remember messaging you or someone um, along the email chain, email chains <laughs> mm-hmm. of people. But I was like, so what are we doing? And they're like, you know, it is what it is. We just we're gonna sail and we're gonna go hiking. I was like, yeah, but where? They're like, it depends on the winds. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? That, like, yeah. that is so cool, though. Like, no, I, I like, like that. Because though, I think it's gonna be such a unique experience because it seems like whoever goes on your ship has such a different experience in the best way possible. Though, yeah. you know, like it's it's just really that sounds lovely to yeah. me. Like, and I'm excited it. that we're gonna be participating and like we're doing the four night sailing and hiking event. But I know you have like other technically events on this um, this cruise ship you know kind of like experiencing like other things yeah i'm excited for doing the hiking one since we're huge hikers yeah, so like time. i am super pumped to do this and i know obviously it depends on like you know the wind and the sails and things like that but what do you, what should people be expecting on like these trips i mean we, i feel like we kind of covered a little bit but i'm curious if there's any other things that we, we should be highlighting to people so they'd be like booking these things right. yes <laughs> i'm excited this yeah. is your plug-in my plug my plug <laughs> well the, i think the thing this that people, people like about it is that you're going out for mm-hmm. some people like the fact that you're going out sailing on this big historical schooner and they just don't have mm-hmm. access to get on a boat like that. It's, uh, you know, there's yeah. six sails, the masts are 90 feet tall. It, it's a bigger thing. There's, it's all done traditionally. So mm-hmm. it's all pulled on by hand and uh, we have a crew mm-hmm. of course, but pa- a lot of passengers want to jump in and learn how to do that and steer and mm-hmm. um, are super into the boat. Some people come and they're mm. super into the islands and just where we are because it's such a beautiful place. Mm. And mm-hmm. it is, um, it's really not like any other place I've ever sailed because of the fact mm. that it just isn't built up yet. And that allows us to jump around. Mm. And, you know, if you sail in some other places, you really have to have an itinerary because this is the, we have to go to this marina and we have to go to this marina and that's where we're allowed to go. And you can't set foot on that island there because mm-hmm. somebody owns that. And that it up here, we still have so much freedom to to sail around and just stop, um, which is great. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's a whole other people that come because of the just the camaraderie on the boat. It's like you're on the boat with 20 other people mm-hmm. and you're in an experience together. And um, yeah, it all happens. 
people aren't darting in and out and going somewhere else. Everyone's on the boat. Like you're trying, Oh, do you want to go ashore for a hike? Yeah. These 10 people are going for a hike and these 10 people are staying behind and just Just sitting on the boat and reading and, you know, just being out on the water Mm -hmm. is such a draw to, to so many people and so Mm -hmm. many people that don't, they, they say like they'll come from a landlocked state and say, I've never been on the ocean, but I know I would love it. I always knew I would love it. And they just, this is their (laughs) chance to do it. So um, different people get different things out of it. And Mm -hmm. uh, in the end, I think that people just ultimately some, for some reason being out on the water is as a cool place to be. And um, some people like the mountains and some people like the desert at all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm honestly not surprised at all. I mean, we're very biased because we're a coastal. Uh, we, yeah, live we live on, on the coast as well. We're New Yorkers. So I've always found my happy place by the water. So that's why I'm also very excited to just yeah. like sail. But we were actually talking this off the mic is that this will be our first experience because we've done all types of different traveling, but we've never done like a sailing trip. Like this yeah. is our first experience doing something like on a boat. And I think that's the one biggest appeal that I love about your experience is you get to participate in like the sale itself like it's not just like some cruise and you can I mean you can make it that way if you'd like just to sit on the boat but you've given the people options to be like would you like to participate like (laughs) I can do you want to turn like you know yeah yeah. be a captain in your own way like you're kind of giving us living our dreams that you know we've always wanted we didn't know (laughs) I didn't know I wanted to be a captain until talking to you so now I'm gonna live vicariously (laughs) through this trip (laughs) exactly so I like that you have that option and again being such big hikers and like nature lovers ourselves I feel like this is going to be such a a nice oasis because like you mm-hmm. said a lot of it's untouched which is the like most of the beauty you know what I mean yeah. and when I was even just researching Maine in itself it's such an amazing state and like from what I hear and gather from everyone who's ever visited Maine everyone is just so lovely <laughs> so nice and it's just such a nice atmosphere of like yeah. people and I don't know I'm just I'm so excited I am very excited for the seafood I heard yes. the thing is like coming from we're on Long Island in New York we have great seafood because again we're coast still like we have this but everyone's like once you have seafood in Maine it's never gonna be the same for you so like I'm very conflicted on like should I eat it there and then be so upset when I come home <laughs> or do I just you know let it be you know like, just eat it yeah so I'm very excited for that as well isn't that don't we get to correct me if I'm wrong isn't that one of the days you're kind of having like we're having like a lobster fest correct oh yeah you I mean we have to have a lobster fest we have to right I mean yes, you're right? in Maine you're in yes, the islands yes. you'll see when you go out there yes. we're surrounded by lobstermen hauling traps like it's happening right in front of us there's lobster traps all over the place and um so excited we get the lobster i mean seafood's all about being fresh right so we can get the lobster Mm. sometimes we buy off the boat or sometimes we buy off the dock but it's those little lobsters were swimming around like an hour ago so that's the best kind of seafood so then we take it to a beach we steam them up we have mm-hmm. some other stuff and we just hang out on a beach one afternoon mm-hmm. and do the lobster bake. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love Ooh. the community you've made. You know yeah. I mean? Like that's just such a nice way to like end a trip too. It's like, all right, lobster fest. <laughs> <laughs> like you that's earned, the best way to end a trip for me. Best way to end. Lobster is like my favorite meal. Like if anyone asks me like, what's like going to be your last meal? I always say lobster. So now I feel like it's going to be like main lobster. Like yeah. I have to be specific now. Right. You know? I'm already anticipating. You, you, you hyped it up. So I'm very excited. <laughs> well, you never know too. Sometimes it's on the first day because that's just the way the weather is. But if it's on the first day, Ooh. then... We buy extra so then we can have lobster quiche and Ooh. lobster dip and, you know, we have to do oh. lobster. We have to be fully lobster. I like salivating. <laughs> 
Oh, oh my god. goodness. Oh my god, guys. Book a trip with him. <laughs> if you're not convinced now, I don't know what's going to make you convinced. Just lobster. Lobster is the buzzword. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. And I'm actually curious, though, because you did mention the community of people and we kind of did highlight that. But what are you hoping people will get out of this trip or like the opportunity to like go? You know, like what do you hope when someone goes on this that they get out of? Mm-hmm. You know, I think for me, I just want them to enjoy the experience and think that it is, you know, something that was worthwhile for them to choose. I mean, vacation time is so precious and our choices, you know, a lot of us don't have a ton of choice on what we're going to do. And if they choose to come out with us, I just want to make sure that they get what they wanted to get out of it. But I only take 20 people. So it's not that hard for me. I know everyone on the boat by the time, you know, two days are in. And I, if that, so someone's dream was to sail that boat for, you know, three hours in an afternoon, we can make that happen. And if someone's dream is to spend an afternoon on a beach looking for sea glass, we can make that happen. It's not, it's small enough that we can just do what, what people want to want to do. And honestly, some people just don't even talk to me and they sit and they read and they look and that is what they wanted to do. You know? So I think (laughs) great, great. That's yeah. yeah. Well, don't worry. We're definitely going to be, I mean, we've already talked a lot, but we're going to talk a lot even more. <laughs> if you're stuck with us on a boat, like it's inevitable. You guys will be yeah, great. You'll be great and because you, I could tell, yeah. like, of course we have 20 personalities. And so there's like people that are life of the party yeah. and right in the middle of everything. And there's some guy in the corner that only, yes. makes, you know, socks maybe only like once every couple hours, but what he says is hilarious. You know, it's like the whole, you run the gamut yes. of the, of the oh. people. I think those are the gems, honestly. (laughs) Those are my favorite people. The one-liners where you're like, where did that come from? You're so cool. Right, right. And they were like nervous at the beginning. They didn't talk at the beginning. They weren't quite sure. But then you realize, wait, that guy's funny. That guy's really funny over there. (laughs) Uh, They're the best. I love that. Can you share us actually one of your favorite trips you've taken? I'm sure all of them are really special. But is there any one that kind of stands out to you? Oh, wow. I've owned the boat for 18 years now. So it's hard to say that this particular trip, you know, we do about 25 trips a year Mm -hmm. was this thing happened. And kind of like I was saying with the newspaper articles, the things that stand out sometimes are the, (laughs) you know, things that happened that were kind of weird. Um, Of course. But um, those are the best stories. (laughs) Yeah. It's all personality driven. It's all, you know, sometimes the groups are just, it's like the so funny. The whole trip is just hilarious. Sometimes it's really quiet. Mm -hmm. And like when we sail, we just leave, we'll leave Cannon, we'll be sailing across the bay, and the crew will come back and be like, no, everyone's really quiet. I say, all right, it's a quiet group. This is it. Now we're just sitting back, you know. It's like, this is what it's going to be this, like. This is yeah. the personality of this group. And, um, it's so cute. I love you know, that. Yeah. It's, so it's hard to say what is, uh, to pinpoint a favorite trip. We've done some crazy yeah. trips. Like we've gone down to Boston for tall ship parades. Um, wow. And we've gone to a few, we do a few things like that. This year we're going to where she was built which is South Bristol. We're actually going to bring the boat back there for a weekend. So I'm looking forward to that and having the boat back uh, almost in the French brother's backyard where it was built 150 years ago. I love that. So that'll be fun. That is such a, I like that. It's like a full circle moment for the ship. You know what I mean? Like that's so nice. And that town's being super nice about having us down there and, um, you know, the, We'll try to find some French family still actually lives down there. Some of their relatives. So we'll have them over to the boat. 
so oh, nice. that'd be cool. Yeah. I like that you still have a relationship with those people. Yeah, you know I mean? I think that's so nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I feel like I feel like sailors, or just like in general, like people, like the boating community is very close, which I love. I feel like yeah. they all kind of look out for each other, and yeah, sense, which is so from what I noticed, yes. <laughs> they survive the oceans together. They have a tough bond. Right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you know, it's honestly, the truth. you gotta you gotta ha- trust those people on those. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'll, I just want to paint. I'm just gonna say our trip is not gonna be that dangerous. No, no. <laughs> No. So it's don't be worried about that. Yeah, yeah no, we're fine. But I like that you can make the trip however you want it. You can make it peaceful. You can make it like, you know, extremely exciting with all the hikes. But you can define the trip how you want it, which yeah. I think is wonderful about this experience that you guys offer. I yep. think that's what's really cool and so charming and unique about it. And yeah. I think like Maine is such a great state and there's so many things to see. But sailing a coast is such a different experience. Such a different yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a cool bucket travel bucket list to do like yeah i didn't realize that it was something that we even wanted to do until it was kind of like brought up to us but like would you like to go sailing around the coast and i'm like that's an easy yes <laughs> I was like, that like sounds, this is awesome like, that sounds so cool and unique and like yeah. i'm so glad i'm getting introduced to this boat lifestyle that you're like mentioning to us yep. like it's such a cool world like i i can just tell in like the three days we're going to be talking so many boat stories I'm more, <laughs> like we're not we're just covering a really scratch of the surface but yeah. i just find this lifestyle so cool and interesting and yeah something i actually want to highlight as like kind of like a something that i really love and something that you guys really in my eyes kind of advocate is the whole unplugging which i kind of mentioned earlier mm-hmm being the sailor that you are and having to unplug, like you did mention in your early 20s, pre-cell phone, all of that, like, yeah. you know, I think that's kind of interesting. What is something that you notice about yourself or even others when they unplug and do this trip? Like, do you think mm-hmm. they come out with it like a certain experience or just like mm-hmm. disconnecting from technology? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I find it, that that people, and I'm included in this too, because when, when mm-hmm. I'm unsure, it's the phone and the internet have a tendency to just take over right all of our lives but mm-hmm. when we go out there people are kind of they're excited to be forced not that we force them but the, to, to mm-hmm. not have to do yeah. it it's like of course we could do that yeah. in our normal lives we could not have our phone in our pocket but mm-hmm. out there when we go sailing and it helps because the service is not great out there although it's gotten better it used to be pretty <laughs> simple as soon as we yeah. pulled out it didn't matter. You lost service. Now there's actually pretty mm. good service out there, but people want, they don't, they want to be told not to do it and to be like, Oh, I mm. can't check. Oh, I told my boss I could, but captain said like, no email. <laughs> you know, I said, well, you know, you could look at your email, but I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> but that's the thing that pe- the people want. And then what that leads to, it feel, I feel like is just more just conversation and getting to know each other and sort of silly conversations or like speculation where you don't just Google mm-hmm. the answer right away. You know, someone has to k- kick yes. it around in their head I for a long that. time and be like, now who, what, who was in that movie? I'm, I'm going to remember, you know, where <laughs> at home you're like, yeah. who was it? Oh, look at it right now. You know? So um, yeah. people, they really, I think people need it. I know I do. I mean, when I pull away from the dock mm. and the world becomes for me, just the boat and what's happening on the boat, it's, it's mm. kind of a relief to not have all that. Uh, mm. peppering you all day long. So, um, mm. yeah. And then of course, when we get back in, as soon as we hit the dock, everyone has to get back to, Oh, I have to catch a flight and you're right back. Uh, you're right back in it pretty fast, yeah. but it's a few days of yeah. kind of a old, certainly old school sort of like 
vacation that I feel like they might have taken in the 30s and 40s where you went away and you were completely removed uh, from everything yeah. and then you came back um, and rejoined rejoined society. Yeah. yeah, I definitely will say I'm definitely one of the people who are very excited to kind of be forced to unplug in a sense. Yeah. Like, it's just a nice excuse because it's like if the Wi-Fi is weak, I'm not going to be looking at my phone. Yeah. And I will say one of our rules of thumb anytime we do travel is I do try to put my phone away. Like that's something because I agree with you about those natural conversations you have with yeah. people. Like when you're not distracted, you kind of look around your surroundings and realize like, oh, like there's people I can talk yeah, to. Right. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. but it's interesting. So I love that that kind of experience that you guys do on this amazing sailing excursion I don't know it helps people kind of like you know reconnect with themselves but others too mm-hmm. just I think it just reassures you to be like oh this is what, which is like kind of sad to say it this way but like reassures you on like this is what life's like if you're not on your phone all the time people have like said that, that reminder of like I need to get away yeah, yeah. Have- it's like that because I feel like I mean Mm-hmm. No, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like before we grew up, I would say like in the middle of the cell phone era. So I, we always joke about like how we feel lucky that we didn't grow up with mm-hmm. cell phones, you know, because I'm like, I feel like I got that experience knowing how to step away from my like, phone and we have ha- a relationship. We, had the, we were the kids, you know, doing kickball yeah. in the neighborhood. Yeah. Like that was our childhood, you know. Yeah. Like, so I feel so grateful that like we we can I can healthily leave my phone. Yeah. And I know today it's much harder because it's just that's how the world is. But it's wonderful that. Mm-hmm. The trips like yourselves kind of bring us back and humble ourselves in a sense where we're like, yeah. this is what it's like before we survived and we can still keep doing it. Like there's no yeah. excuse not to unplug you yeah, know? or just like have the conversation with someone. It's yeah. not as scary or as like, I feel like people just get like this anxiety of like talking to other people, just the way that I feel like technology has like evolved in that sense. So like, I feel like it's a nice way to, again, a reminder of like, this is what it's like. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this is a great mm-hmm. experience and I feel great. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it also gives you a reset when you said going back on land and you have to quickly adjust again but i feel like it's like you're more prepared you know you're more rested you're more like rejuvenated from the experience like you know like all right i got this you know like i just did a three day sail (laughs) charting the waters with captain garth (laughs) well it's like you feel (laughs) like i got this you feel like you earned it too you're like oh i'm back now i can look at my phone you know yes and you also i realized too it's like i didn't really miss much you know if you didn't look at it for three days you're like Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's the same stuff and this is the same thing. Yeah. I also think that it helps us is we advertise that we people don't that people mm-hmm. unplug for the trip and that just draws mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of like-minded people. So we might not get the person yeah. who needs to stay in touch with work and needs to talk on the phone all day and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it, those people it's the yeah, same yeah. in drawing those like-minded people makes the whole trip better. Mhm. No, I totally. agree. I, I just think it's amazing that you have this trip. I'm so excited that we're able to experience, experience it. it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And for the people who are listening who want to, when this episode airs, which is kind of fun, and we did do it on purpose, <laughs> is that we're going to be obviously kind of sharing the experience. We will be unplugging, yeah. but we will be kind of documenting as much as we can or try to so you mm-hmm. guys can check out this amazing excursion with us. And yeah. I'm so excited to meet you in person and like really sit down and kumbaya <laughs> with our group. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it yeah like i like it i'm very excited to do that because that's very up my alley so i'm just so excited to like really after this episode airs even kind of do like a follow-up in a sense be like really have my insights on it because just meeting you talking to you for the past like you know 
an hour. Like yeah. I am so much more excited. I'm, I'm, it's just so cool that we're also going to be on a ship that's like yeah. so much history, which like you said, is such a big appeal, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that this kind of excursion is something everyone should try once in their lives just mm-hmm. because it's such a unique experience. Yeah. And I think it's amazing that you have such amazing history with it as well. Like, yeah, man, and you could tell just how passionate you are with just like from what you've done and like how you've gotten here. So like, I'm, I'm even just excited that like you're our captain. <laughs> you know I mean? So I'm excited that like, you know, it's not even just like about getting on the ship. Like that's why we wanted to like gear this episode in general is talking about you and your history. Cause I want people to be like, this is our captain. This is so cool. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. just even understand like what goes into it. Yeah. You know, it's just not like you're just sailing and enjoying it, but like the person behind the ship has mm-hmm. a lot of history just as much as the boat does, which mm-hmm. I think is so yeah. cool. Yeah. I think it's I mean, a lot of the times we sit back there on the, when we're sailing and these are the same kind of questions people ask me and they ask the crew because yeah. it's a, such a weird thing. Like you said, it's, it's like, what do you do for a living? Sometimes I don't even want it. Like if I'm in a <laughs> thing where there aren't any other Bodhi people, I'm like, I don't even know if I want to say this. This sounds so preposterous. You know, <laughs> no. sounds so silly. No, no, I think it's so cool. Yeah. I love when it. People ask that sort of stuff all the see, time. I feel like if someone, go ahead. No, yeah. See, I'll say this: if I was in a group and someone in that group is like, "Yeah, I'm a captain of a ship," I'm like, "Okay, I need to sit next to that guy and I want to talk to him because he has better stories than everyone who does the nine to five job." Yeah, <laughs> like that is much more interesting to me. So, don't ever feel shy to say it because you're probably gonna have secret fans like us. <laughs> I'll be like, "Tell me your stories." <laughs> yes, I think it's amazing. <laughs> well, anyway, I just want to say, as a, this is such a nice wrap up. It yeah. was so nice talking to you, Garth. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so excited to meet you. Mm-hmm. For anyone who wants to know more information about this whole excursion, about Garth, about the history, we're going to host this all on our website, thevogeltwinspodcast.com um, and please give them a follow on Instagram. Like I said, it'll be all housed yeah. on our website. So excited to meet you and again, thank you for being on and I cannot wait to thank meet you. Guys. you. I thank know. you. Thank you, Garth. Thanks for having me. I, yes. I can't wait for the oh. summer. <laughs> Gotta get out there. Yes, same. Me too. I'm, uh, I'm counting down the days. <laughs> I know, I'm so pumped. Yes. All right. Anyway, see you guys. Right, bye. Thanks. Bye.